everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you uh, once again as we come in here, man. We gather, get recharged, right, in the Lord uh, so we could go back out there and just proclaim the good news of Jesus. So I'm glad that you're choosing to be with us here whether you're here in the house or or out there watching from home, watching from wherever you are. And just again, so glad that you're uh, allowing us to be a part of your journey with God uh, as we come and celebrate Jesus. We worship God uh, as the only one and true God of this universe. It's just awesome to be with all of you who are like-minded. It's just awesome. It's a good day to be here every time we gather. So I pray and hope that God has met you so far. Has he? Yes, amen. Yes, okay, good. Pray that that continues today because I wanna welcome you today. Uh, We're starting a brand new series. I'm really, really looking forward this series and we're calling it seven questions because what we're going to do here's what we're going to do starting today and over the next seven weeks uh, from now until Easter uh, we're going to look at some questions that Jesus asks okay can you believe that Easter is already around the corner I can't believe March is here Uh, it's Lent has already happened If, if you're someone who celebrates Lent in the Lenten season a lot of us like to do that. Ash Wednesday was this past Wednesday. And uh, so, so along with what we're doing in here, uh, I do want to highlight one thing that we are doing. If you want to focus, especially on Jesus and you need some help there, I talked about it last week, but we have a uh, 40 days of Lent reading guide for you out there in the lobby. If you didn't grab one last week, make sure you grab one on your way out. It's really neat. It focuses on Jesus from Ash Wednesday all the way to Easter. And uh, so if you want to start today, we're in day six, but you could also get caught up really easily. So make sure you grab one of those. If, if you want to uh, have a special focus on Jesus during this Lent season. Uh, And then for us in here, here's what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna be getting ready for Easter and focusing on Jesus by looking at these questions that he asks us. I think, uh, I think God made some of us to be question givers in this life. Not, uh, you know, not question takers, but question givers. I think some of us just have more of a natural curiosity. Uh, just, just out of just curiosity myself, how many of you would say that that's you, that you are somebody who probably asks more questions uh, than you answer? Who, who would say that I'm just more naturally curious? Now, how many of you need to raise your neighbor's hand because you know they ask way more questions than they just admitted to? How many are out there? I think there are a lot of those out there as well. Um, how many parents are here? And you're here and drop your kids off because you're done answering some questions, right? You're like, yeah, amen, yeah. I was like, I want somebody else to be answering those questions. That's, that's definitely me. We, we definitely have a question asker in the tool house. I think asking questions is their love language, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how they know they're loved. And, and you know, I, I, like before we had kids and then as we had kids, I never ever thought I would get tired of answering, hey, dad. But I do, okay, I do, I really do. I get kind of tired uh, of doing that a little bit uh, and answering those hey dad questions all day, all day, all day, all day. Man, but here's the thing, here's the thing. With most of those questions, like especially those hey dad questions, like it doesn't take a lot of thought to answer most of those questions, right? Or it doesn't require a lot of thought. It's mostly either yes or no, or because I said, or ask mom. That's my favorite one, ask mom. I always say that, ask mom. It doesn't really take a lot of thought. But here's the thing, gang. There are some questions in this life that go way deeper and that could actually take you and change the direction of your entire life. That there are some questions that do that. And sometimes I believe the best way that, uh, to find what you're looking for doesn't come from a question you ask, but actually handling the question that comes your way and having an answer for that question. And I think that's why uh, when you read about Jesus, you see that he asks a lot of questions. When you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, uh, and I challenge you to read that during Easter. In fact, if you grab those guides, that's what it, one of those guides that'll do you. It'll take you through the gospel 
gospels there and, and what Jesus did. Here's what you'll find when you read through that. You will find, I just found this interesting. Jesus was actually asked questions about 180 times. That's a lot. But gang, you know how many questions he asked? He asked over 300 questions. You know that? That's a lot of questions. In fact, that's a lot of ways he, that, that's how he answered questions. He actually answered questions by giving a question back. And so here's what we're gonna do. And I think it's gonna be really good. We're just gonna take the next seven weeks and we're gonna look at seven of, of these really important questions that Jesus asked and allow those to come into our lives with the questions that we may have. And maybe, allow God to give us the answers that we've been looking for. So let's get to it with the first question. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Get them out, get your electronics out. I think it'd be really good to follow along, make some notes and underline some things because I think we're gonna find some things to underline. Go to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four. uh, And and we're gonna encounter the first question. And here's the question that Jesus is gonna ask. He's gonna ask a question for all of us who have ever been through a storm in our life who have ever gone through something that you would say, man, that was a little chaotic. I wish it was a little bit more calm and I had no control. Uh, And so if we've ever found ourselves in that situation, here's the question he's gonna ask you. Why are you so afraid? That's what he's gonna ask us today. And so to get caught up with with where we are in Jesus's ministry, here's where we are. Jesus and his disciples are traveling around this area called Galilee. It's not a huge area. They're going around this this body of water and they're going from town to town. And Jesus is, here's what what we're seeing him do. He's healing people. He's telling them though, more importantly, he's telling these people about the kingdom of God. And people are are kind of astounded by his teachings and seeing what's happening. And so uh, here's where we're at. They've been doing this for for a while now. Uh, Jesus and the disciples, they've been really busy. And so now we're at a point where, man, they're just dog tired. They need a break. They need some rest. They need some downtime. And so here's where we're at in the story. We're gonna pick this up in verse 35. And here's what it says. It says, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side. And so leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, Jesus, just as he was in the boat. Now, there were also other boats with him. And then a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus, where was he? He was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? All right, so... Here's the spot the disciples are in and see if you can relate a little bit to this. They're just dog tired, right? They're ready for some rest. I think we can relate to that a little bit. Long day at work, you come home, but then you see a dog made a mess, right? Or the kids made a mess. You can't relax yet. You're just not there yet. You want to so badly, Uh, but that's where these guys were and they were spent. They were tired and they needed a break. And Jesus says, okay, all right, man, it's been a long day. We are gonna take a break. We will get to the other side. But here's the thing for these guys that we find out. It wasn't as easy as they probably thought it was gonna be, right? It wasn't as easy because a huge storm comes in and in an instant, the mood changes, like, right? Think about that where you're like, oh man, you know that feeling before you get to relax, right? Where you're like, oh, it's almost even more relaxing. You're like, oh, but, but it's not so easy for them. And here's what I figure with this storm. I figure that this was not an ordinary storm for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, because it says it was a furious squall, a furious squall. That sounds pretty bad. That sounds pretty bad. But here's the other reason why I think it was really bad because um, these guys, they were fishermen, man. Like they, they knew what storms were like. They've been through those. So they weren't like you and me. And, and here's what they thought. They thought, you just read, they were gonna die. 
That's a pretty bad storm. They thought they were going to die. And so they had to have been rushing around like bailing water. It had to have been chaotic, right? They were just trying to do whatever they could do to save themselves. And where's Jesus? I found this very fascinating. It says that he's not just sleeping, but he's sleeping on a cushion. Now, okay, I I just find this, and I I say this every now and then, because I just, for me, I think that's a fascinating detail that he was sleeping on a cushion. And for me, some of those details lead me to believe the authenticity of of what they're talking about. Because why would you put that detail in if it never actually happened or if this was like folklore or something like that? And I could just imagine Peter telling Mark, hey man, this is what was going on. He's like, he was on a cushion. Yeah, he was on a cushion. He was on a cushion. You know what I mean? I just could see it and he wasn't making this up. This just, again, points me sometimes when I see these details, they're not so, and the other boats that were there, he was very detailed on what was going on. And so back to the story here, here are these guys in front of this storm And now the Sea of Galilee, if you wanna know a little bit about this, I just found this a little interesting. The Sea of Galilee is uh, 695 feet below sea level, okay? And uh, it's surrounded, they say, by mountains. It's all surrounded by mountains. And so people who study that kind of thing, uh, just for us to understand, like they say that it is actually really possible for a storm just to come out of nowhere just because of the elements and the environment and all that stuff. Um, and so I just found that interesting where you could have no sign of anything and then all of a sudden uh, a storm could just pop up just like a tornado hits or like hail drops. Uh, it could just explode out of nowhere. And that's kind of like it is for us, isn't it? Like in our lives, Things seem normal, things seem like they're going good and then out of nowhere a storm comes in our life, right? A storm of job loss or people problems, financial storm, a physical storm, just one day you're fine and then it just hits and you're in it, right? You're just in it. And then this is where the disciples were in the storm. Now listen, but Jesus is with them on the boat. He's with them on the boat. And I want us to see something that you may not have seen. We already read it, but I don't know if you've seen this. As I've read and studied this, man, it came really clear to me that these guys, you see, they don't go through a storm. They actually go through three different kinds of storms and we already read it. So I wanna go back and and read this a little or go into this a little bit more. And we need to see this, how they progress through these three different storms because gang, this is precisely what could happen to us. And we can actually allow storms to go where they've never meant to be. They were never meant to go and they could get bigger and badder and it never really needed to. Okay, so let's look at these. If you got your notes, go ahead and grab those and write these down. I think it's really important to see where we could take these storms in our life. And here's the first storm that they went through that we go through as well and it's one that you can't control and it's just a physical storm that that is a real thing it's just a real physical storm that we go through and and so for the guys on the boat right their physical storm was wind and waves and and lightning and thunder that was a storm that they went through and and see listen we have those too we have those too there's, there are all kinds of storms we go through that, 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 that just happen, right? For all of us as a people, we are going through right now, one, the coronavirus is a physical storm. It's a real storm that hit us with like almost no warning. We're like, where did that come from, right? Now, hopefully we're on the other end of it and we're able to get, see the light coming out of the tunnel, but that's a real storm that we're going through just globally, really. But even the things that I talked about before, the job loss, all those things, relationship problems, those are all things that could come that we have to face and they happen without prompting, just boom, there it is, it's real and it's there. Um, But one of the things that happens, and I know this because honestly, gang, I'm gonna tell you, I've experienced all three of these storms in my own life, but I know that that's not what God wants me to do, okay? Uh, I know that's not what God wants me to experience, but here's the thing, when we're actually going through uh, the physical storm, when we're going through something that's very real, see, then it could get bigger than it actually should be because here's the thing, gang, we can actually take it to a place uh, and it can turn into the second kind of storm and it's an emotional storm. That's the second kind of storm 
that can happen from the real physical storm. So, so here's the thing. We could be in a situation. We could be in a problem. We could be in a physical storm. It's very real. And then it gets bigger because here's what we do. We bring in these things like worry or fear, come on, or doubt or anger or fill in the blank with whatever we bring. And gang, listen to me, it could tear you up. Can it? It could tear you up in the middle of what's very real. And it allows you, to, it takes you places where it never should actually go, where it doesn't belong. It can mess you up emotionally. It can mess you up physically. And it, the, the, the original storm wasn't even doing that at all. And so this is what can happen. And gang, here, I'm gonna show you, this is what the disciples did as well, okay? Because here's what they said. If you, if you go back and see when the storm hit, they, they said, man, we're gonna drown. That's what they said. They said, we're going to drown. But gang, I wanna tell you something. They're not gonna drown. They're not gonna drown. They manifested that in their brain in the middle of the storm because listen to me, Jesus already said, we're gonna be on the other side. He already told him that. We're gonna get on the other side, but it can happen so fast, can it? Gang, listen to me. I would be willing to bet that every single one of us in here can go to a time where we let a physical storm turn into, I'm gonna drown, right? I'm gonna drown, and you could take it to this deeper, darker place. Uh, actually, last week was, was an example that I saw. I mean, it was amazing. So last week, uh, we finished up this series, I Don't Get It, by talking through the book of Revelation, right? And, and, I, and I was really excited to teach through it because I wanted to talk about so many things that are misunderstood and just how the book is misused and that really we should only look at that book entirely as a book of hope, uh, of great hope that we have in this world. And honestly, I felt like God was actually really gonna set some people free. And guys, he did. It was an amazing thing. And and so after both services, not just one, not just two, several, several people came up to me almost with the same version of this, is that they had a visceral emotional response to just hearing the book of Revelation. That they had this weird reaction and it was attached to how they grew up or how they heard about it, whatever you could fill in the blank. There was fear. There was all this stuff associated with it. And one of the, one of the people came up to me, we were talking and, and they really said, I just, I, I have a really big block uh, with the book. And then they came in and they picked up the sermon outline and they saw there was a book of Revelation. She goes, I turned around and said, nope, not today. And like started to head out the door. But then a friend of theirs said, no, come on, come in, uh, come on, sit down and listen. And they said, man, that they sat and they just felt God ministering to them over and over and over again that he was just setting her free. And like, so she's been in this process, not just this past Sunday, but uh, over the last several months and years where God is ministering to her, setting her free from that storm and the storms that she's facing, okay? But, but this is the place that we could take our physical storms. We, we let it turn into something it was never meant to be. And gang, here's the thing. We gotta be really careful because that's not where it could stop. It could actually go into the most dangerous place, which is the third kind of storm, which is a spiritual storm. It could go into a spiritual storm. And gang, this is where it gets really bad. This is where it gets really bad. And you can see the progression of this. Like I say, I'm just looking right at the story with the disciples and here's what they said. Because here's what they end up saying. They went from all man a storm to we're gonna drown. And here's how they took it into this other place. They looked at Jesus and they said, Jesus, look, you can look for yourself. Don't you care that we're gonna drown? Don't you even care Gang, listen, that's a huge spiritual problem they created right there with them and God, isn't it? Huge spiritual problem. Because they took the position, here's what I want you to think about. They took the position of saying, God, you don't really care at all, do you? I mean, you're here, you see what's happening. You're not doing a thing. Don't you care? And this is really bad, gang, because listen to this. They jumped to a narrative about Jesus that is completely false. And then they allow that to undermine the truth that they know 
about Jesus. And gang, we can do that too. We can absolutely do this so easily with us. We can allow what's happening to take us to a place where we believe something about God that isn't true and it takes us into a deep spiritual chasm. And that's what can absolutely happen. So, so that, those are the three kind of storms that we could go through. Let's keep reading and let's see what Jesus says. So that's where we stop there. Like, don't you care that we're gonna drown? So let's pick this back up in verse 39. And Jesus says, he got up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And here's the question he said to them, hey, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. This is great. They were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So now just imagine this. Again, these guys are scrambling. They're bailing water. I don't know who they sent down to get Jesus. I don't know who it was. I would hate to have been that guy. They're like, you go get Jesus. No, you go get him, right? Somebody had to go get him. And then he comes up, right? And, and so it's chaos. And Jesus comes in. Now you need to see this display uh, of Jesus and what happens. You really got to see this, man. Because here's what you don't see. He didn't put on some magic hat. He didn't have some wand. He didn't say this weird incantation. He didn't call on any other name, okay? He just simply said, be quiet still. And in that moment, everything stopped with just his words, with just his words, and it was completely calm. Gang, here's the thing. This was what's called a dead calm. A dead calm, if, if you've ever been out there in the water, you could, it's glassy. You could see your face in it. Uh, and so here's my thing. Could it have been a coincidence uh, where, because this happened in my life one time when I was a kid. It was raining one time and I went, stop, and it stopped. And everybody's like, oh, like, you know, it could kind of just be chance, right? But here's where the miraculous happened, because it could be possible. But here's where the miraculous happened. The miraculous happened with the waves, everybody because they just completely died down. If you've ever been in the water in the middle of a storm, you know that it takes forever for the waves to actually stop. They continue for a while, but this was different. This was different because it was Jesus who said it. And it was only Jesus who could do that. And then we see the question, right? Why are you so afraid? Now, here's the thing about Jesus. He's not dumb. Like he knows their answer, right? He's Jesus. He knows their answer. So why did he ask it? I think he asked it for a whole nother reason than to know their answer. He's asking it because here's what he, I think he was saying to them and what he's saying to us. He's like, hey, you, you should know better. You should know better. I told you we were gonna get to the other side. I'm here with you and you need to understand, yes, I do allow storms to happen in other people's lives, but you gotta catch this. You have no reason to panic. You have no reason to freak out because I told you we were gonna go to the other side. And so it's calm. Just think about it. Just, you, don't hear, you went from chaos to hearing nothing and they saw yet another miraculous thing that Jesus said. And I love this because then in verse 30, 41, they look at Jesus and it says they were terrified. Like I was, I just love that because everything was done at that point in time. And then they got even more scared than they were in a storm. Why were they terrified? Why were they terrified? Well, here's, here's what we got to understand about the guys, right? Here's where they were. And, and we are actually, we benefit from being on the other side of this. But they, they did not know what we know. They, they only saw Jesus do a few little things here and there. And yes, they were pretty amazing things before this thing that happened. Uh, they saw a few things. They heard him talking about God, but they didn't see him die on a cross yet. They didn't see him come back from the dead yet and, and defeat sin and death yet. So they, that was way down the road. So they didn't see any of this. And so here they are with Jesus. Probably, here's the thing. For some of them, probably a great rabbi, 
who has some really good truths, who did some amazing things and he healed some people, yes, but here's where the breaking point was. But this right here that they saw, this was like nature at its worst. Like you, nobody could ever control nature and he just shut it down. Like shut it down. And these guys were terrified because I think in that moment, I think in that moment, they saw that Jesus wasn't just powerful, but he was the source of power itself. And I think in that moment, gang, they completely changed. I think they completely saw Jesus for who he was because he was power itself. He was the object of power and he is over everything. Now, it doesn't mean they didn't mess up. They didn't have issues and problems, but I absolutely believe in this time, in this moment, early on, they, they changed. And they're like, they're, that's Jesus. Because that's when they say, who is this? And they're like, he ain't a man. We're like, yeah, he's not. You know what I mean? But that's where they were. So for us, here's where I wanna go with this for the rest of our time. I want us to look in the storms of our life and I wanna look at three things that we need to remember and focus on when we're in a storm, okay? So when we're in a storm, when it hits, here's the first thing that we need to remember is I need to remember that I will always be in God's presence, that I'm still in God's presence. So, so here's the thing. If I, were, if I were to ask everybody, like secret ballot or whatever, if I were to ask everybody, like what, what is the worst possible thing that you could imagine ever happening to you, okay? Now, I think I would get a lot of different versions of probably the same thing. There might be some anomalies here and there, but I would bet that more, more people than, than others would say it would be some sort of death. That would be the worst thing that could absolutely happen. It would be some sort of death. And most of us say there's nothing worse than that. But here's what Jesus would actually say. He'd go, no way. That's not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen is a life apart from me. That's the, the worst thing that could happen is that you end up with an empty life without your heavenly father with you. That's what he would say is the worst thing. And that's what is so fascinating to me about the guys and him on the boat because he was with them the whole way. Here's the thing you need to remember, that as a follower of Jesus, no matter what's going on in your life, look at me, God is always with you. He is never away from you. He will always be there for you. He's never apart, even in the storms of life that we face. I think for me, when I, I love that visual of Jesus like sleeping on the cushion. Here's what I love. And I, I want that to be a visual of, of a great perspective that I need to have. Not that he's sitting there doing nothing. That's not the visual that I have with him resting on the cushion, but that I can look to him in the storm that I face and I could see that he's not phased, totally calm, totally in control. That's a Jesus I wanna see. I don't wanna see a Jesus like, I wanna see him just like, man, you get that? You see what I'm seeing? Like, man, he's just sitting there and I'm like, Look how peaceful he is. Look how in control he is. That's the visual that I wanna see with Jesus in my life. And so the big takeaway we have to have here is this. We need to practice his presence. Like that's the presence I wanna see. In order for me to see that, I need to practice his presence. And so here's what I wanna challenge you in right now. How are you doing in practicing the presence of God in the good times? Hey, we talk about this all the time. How consistent are you? How are you doing that in the daily time with God where you're like, God, I just wanna be with you. I wanna be in your presence right now. There's nothing going on right now. I want you uh, to be in me. I want your agenda to come in. Because here's the thing, gang, you know this, it's not automatic, right? God is always with us, but that doesn't mean we feel his presence. Does that make sense? He's always present, but it doesn't mean that we feel his presence. We gotta practice his presence every day. There's an action of speaking to God, allowing his presence to come, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us to say, God, I need to feel you right now. And I'm telling you, it'll happen. He wants you to feel his presence. So we need to practice our presence. Here's my big thing. We'll get to the next one. In the calm times, in the mornings when we wake up, at night before we go to bed, in the car ride, wherever, whenever we can, that's how we'll be able to feel it and know 
that it's there quicker when the storm actually comes and hit. And just hear this, and then we'll get to the next thing. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is having the presence of God. That, that, that's a big thing. Peace is actually just having the presence of God. We gotta practice his presence. Here's the second thing we need to remember is we need to remember Jesus's power. We need to remember Jesus's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Anyone say amen to that? There is power in just saying his name. I believe it. Like there are times where I'm just like, I need to say your name, Jesus, and it'll come because man, he was there before everything was made. He, he is the power of God that in him all things are held together, that all things were made through him and the same power that he displayed to stop a storm is the same power that we need and we get to experience today. Here's what I want you to hear today. There's nothing that changed from the Jesus we just read about to the Jesus that exists today. Here's what the writer Hebrews says. He goes, because Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same when yesterday and today and forever he will never change his power can be displayed right now in this moment with you in your life and put him to the test of that i'm telling you his power is right there when you see the power of jesus man and when you want to lay into that power that's when you're going to realize man that, that the strength that you need for anything it doesn't come from you it comes from him that he is the power for you to get through the storm, to encourage you when you need it, beyond your own circumstances, that's the power that you need. Strength to get through, strength to endure, strength to hold on. And honestly, I think for so many of us in here right now, you needed to hear that from God. You need something beyond yourself. You need a strength to get you through. And if you're in Christ, there is a mighty power within you. Hear me. Right now, there is a mighty power within you. And it's a power that can sustain you and can get you through whatever it is that you're going through and it can encourage you beyond your circumstances. We need to remember Jesus' power. Here's the third thing we need to remember. We need to also remember God's promises. We need to remember God's promises. I think sometimes um, we get messed up. I don't know, I do. Uh, we get messed up on the difference between our predicaments and God's promises. I just, I think sometimes we get those mixed up because when we go through a predicament, we're like, hey, wait, 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 wait. No, but we gotta understand. Predicaments will come. Predicaments will happen, but God will never ever go back on a promise that he makes. Never, not once has he ever done it and he never will, okay? And gang, here's what I'm gonna tell you for my life. For my life, I have to remember the promises of God. I have to be encouraged by those and I gotta know God's promises because when I know God's promises, that's when I'm gonna be on the path that will give me life and life to the full. And I don't know about you, you might be different than me, but I need to be reminded all the time. That Honestly, that's why I love coming here on Sunday morning. We sing and worship and if you look, there is not, I mean, most of the time it's singing God's promises in our life. That's why I love worship, man. We're just singing these promises of like, this is what you say. This is who you are. This is who I am because of Jesus in me. I'll need that so many times in my life. And I need reminded of those promises because here's the thing, gang. I want those promises to lead me. When, when I'm like kind of on, not on the right path. I don't know if you ever felt that. I'm not on the wrong path because uh, the promises are leading me in the wrong way. It's because I forgot the promises of God. And, when I, and here's how you get out of that. You get right back on his promises and you'll get on the path that you need because it's the only thing that will get you out of that rut, that will get you out of that, of that path is trusting God's promises and knowing them for yourself, okay? And if you, here's the thing, man. If you don't know his promises and I'm just gonna say, I, I'm not sure 
where we are with knowing all the promises that God gives us. I don't know. I, I would say that there's probably a lot of Christians that have no idea uh, even a handful of the promises of God, let alone the hundreds of them that he gives us. Man, if we don't know the promises, here's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what you're letting lead your life. Does that make sense? I mean, if you don't know the promises of God, I don't know what's actually leading your life. Something is, something is. And, 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 and here's one of my concerns, uh, real quick. My concerns is like what you're allowing, to, what we are allowing to influence us outside of God's promises and God's word. We just have so much competing with it nowadays, don't we, everybody? I mean, you got the internet, you got social media, you got the news, right? Both sides, I'm not, you know, biased on you. Both sides, man. Like we get on those things and, and man, I'm telling you, uh, and don't hear me wrong, man, I'm okay with that stuff. I'm okay with you being knowledgeable about things. I'm okay with you being on social media and listen. It's good to be in that, but here's the thing that I wanna say, man. Uh, but if you don't keep that in balance with God's word, one of those is gonna win. Does that make sense? You, it's, good, it's just inevitable. If, if, you're, if you're weighing this out more than God's word, one's gonna win. Uh, ding, 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 ding. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you don't have to guess which one. And I just want us to be aware of that, man, because man, like if, if you're allowing these things to influence you, you're gonna get out of whack with God's word real quick. And you're gonna let that stuff lead your life and you're gonna allow your soul to be influenced more by those things than what God says. I think for us though, so those are the three things. I think for us, before a storm comes, here's what I learned from the disciples. They knew who Jesus, they, like they knew who Jesus was, right? They like, they knew, and so for us, I think before a storm hits, I, I think it's good to know who Jesus is. We need to know who Jesus is. But more importantly, gang, listen to me, that when a storm hits, we need to know who he can be. Does that make sense? We need to know who he can be. And the disciples' answer to this was this. Here's what their answer, they were amazed. And they said, who is this? Ooh, that's the way I want to respond. Who is this that the wind and waves listen to him? And that's, that's a, no, the Jesus that I know he can be in my life. And so here, here's how I want to end this morning. Two things that I want you to write down. They're not in your notes, but they're secret. You know what I'm saying? They're secret. So you can only get them from here. I think this is good. I, I don't know. Two declarations that I, that I want you to consider. Two statements to believe when, when the storms hit in our lives. And these are huge because it's not just knowing them. I think you know them. I actually think you do know them. But here's the real challenge. Am I actually gonna choose to proclaim these? And so that's, that's my challenge. I'm gonna write them down and I want you to look at them and say, am I choosing to proclaim these though? I know, I know them, am I proclaiming them? Here's the first one. First declaration that I'm gonna say about the storms in life, that I will not let storms cause me to doubt God's presence. Like, I'm gonna say that. Like there is a storm right now in my life and I will not let that get to a point where I doubt God's presence in my life. I think there are times, I actually really do think there are times, we can just leave that up if you wanna write that down. I think there are times where sometimes only the presence of storms will, will actually bring in God's presence in a, in a way that we need. I'm not saying that's why storms come, but I'm telling you, man, just think about it, man. I think uh, it's what they can do if we allow it to. Does that make sense? It's what it can do if we allow that storm to work the way that God wants us to work, bring his presence into our life. And it, it, just think about the other way. Like, doesn't it seem, I don't know, doesn't it seem sometimes when life's going kind of okay, just kind of vanilla, that it's kind of harder to bring in God's presence sometimes? Right, and you just kind of, and then over time, you kind of forget. You're like, oh man, when's the last time I just said, God, I need you right now, man. I need you in my life, okay? Because you kind of put life in autopilot and all that stuff. Uh, but man, when things get st start get going, man, isn't it pretty easy to get back to him quick? We actually just talked about that this past week in Freedom in Christ. Small plug, get in there. Uh, it's amazing. But anyways, here it is for us, man. So when you're facing a storm, when life's taking a turn that we're not on your roadmap, 
when you're in difficulties or face of darkness, here's the promise of scripture, that your heavenly father is with you. He is with you. And I want you to consider, here's what I want you to consider. Uh, and it's the same thing I consider and I believe to this day that my heavenly father is with me and listen to me and that's enough. That's enough. That's all I need to get through what I'm going through because he is with me and I know what comes with him. Does that make sense? And that's enough for me that God sustains me. He holds me. He is there with me. He is not forsaking me. He is always present in my life, even in the hardest times. And, and one, of the, one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago in our night of worship uh, was I just felt like God wanted to give all of us kind of a word, like a word uh, for our faith to become stronger in this season of life and to keep going back to that word that God gave us. And for me, my word was trust that I need to trust God and especially in the storms that come and I need to, here's my thing where he led me. Like, I can't lean into my own understanding, everybody. That's where trouble comes. <laughs> God was like, that's, that's where bad things happen, Andy. You, you, you're not really good to lead yourself, right? And, and then I need to trust God and his promises and, and, and so we gotta have those things. Sometimes when it's easier to do that, um, I need to actually trust God in those times. And this is important because life is always gonna give you things that will cause you to wanna doubt the presence of God. Think about it. I mean, think about it. Yeah, disaster, disease, you know, physical things, you know, rejection, loneliness, abandonment, like the unknown, all that stuff comes to us constantly. And when the things come, Jesus asks and says, hey, why are you so afraid? Don't you know I'm with you? Why are you so afraid? In my storm, when my life bears down on me, man, I will not let that change the truth. I know, right? I will not let it cause me to doubt God's presence. Here's the second one, that in the storm, I will do something else. I'm gonna let storms point me to God's power. I'm gonna let God's power come to me, okay? So here's the thing. We don't have a choice on whether storms come or not, but we can choose what it ends up being. That is a choice you make, right? That you are totally in control of that choice you make, of where it's going to go. And when you recognize that God, here's the thing, man. When you recognize in this storm, whatever you wanna call it, again, there's all kinds of physical storms. When you start to come to this point that God does not expect you to handle it on your own, that's when his power comes fully into you. It's amazing. It's, it's, you get released in this life where you're like, God, I'm not, I'm not able to handle it. And he's like, I know you're not. <laughs> that's why I'm with you. That's why my power is made known to you. And that's when you will really experience his power. Here's my, here's my concern for some of us in this room. I don't know if, there, there's probably, there are some of us in here who have never actually fully experienced God's power in your life because you've been white knuckling your life and you maybe experienced a little bit of it. But I'm telling you, when you see his power fully rushing in, you will absolutely be convinced of the power that's available to you. Does that make sense? It's true. There are people in here that can actually testify to that in their own lives, Okay. And, and here's the thing, the example that we have of this is Jesus. Jesus, who was God, he constantly went to God. Caught, look, read about him, man, he prayed. He's like, God, I need you. He, he seeked him out. He asked for his presence and his help, his guidance. Jesus never, and he, I think he showed this as an example for us to understand. Jesus never looked inward, he always looked Godward. And that's the same for us, man. Jesus never looked inward, he looked Godward. And so here's the truth, here's the truth that you need to understand. The Bible never points to you being the solution, never. This is not about being a better version of you. Never is, never will be in this church. Like this is not about the power of you and you being better and boy, you got what it takes, man. Like you can do it. Like that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is you can't, but he can and you need him, so get him. That's the answer. And that's what we will preach until we're done, right? Because it never points inward. It's Godward, it's Godward. 
I think a lot of Christians, I, and this is why, it's like a pastor of mine, and I just think a lot of us, like, I think some of us are still unconvinced that God's power is better than our own. And so we just kind of keep leaning our own understanding. That's why God keeps pointing that out to me in my own life. And, and so we need to be convinced that God's power is greater than our own. And, and here's the thing, gang, because when you are in that other space, and you might not say it with your words, but look at your actions. Look at where you go to first. Look at the things that you try to figure out before you go to God. All that is on the other side is one word, it's pride. It's pride, gang, pride kills us. Pride tells you to have confidence in yourself. Humility, humility actually is amazing. Humility isn't like a lack of, of confidence. Actually, humility is just putting your confidence in something other than yourself. Do you know that? That's humility. Humility is like, God, you're better than me. I'm just gonna put my confidence in you. And so that's what we do to bring in God's power into our lives. And that's where the bigger, better power will take over. And that right there gives us a great hope. That's where the hope in our life comes from, a hope in this life, even in the midst of the storms that we face. And here's what hope does. It's awesome. Hope, man, it, it doesn't hang on with fingers crossed. Ooh, you know, that's not what hope does. Hope doesn't encourage, it encourages when we need it the most and it presses forward when things seem at its darkest. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says about our hope. And this is Jesus. And because we have this hope in Jesus and it's the anchor for the soul. It's firm and secure. That's the hope that we have with Jesus. And so gang, for me, here's the thing where I wanna end today. So for me, man, Jesus is going to constantly ask us this question. In the face of our storms, when, when Jesus asks me, man, why are you so afraid? Here's what I wanna do. I wanna be able to look at him right in the face and say, I'm not, because I got you. You're my anchor, you're my hope. I'm secure in you, and so Jesus, I'm not. I wanna be able to say that with confidence. And I know you do too. And here's the thing, because of the power in you, you can absolutely say that. That with whatever you're going through, you can look at him right in the face and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not gonna panic. I'm gonna turn to you. And just like that anchor sets in the ground, man, I'm gonna let you be the anchor for my life. And maybe some of you right now, you need that hope. You need that hope. You need to know this. This is just what you need to know, that, that it's here and it's the powerful name of Jesus. And you can have it right now if you are indeed in Christ. And it's made known to us through the hope that we have, the anchor for our soul, that he, through what he's done, what he said he would do, what he already did, and what he can do for you today. And so you don't have, listen, you don't have to be afraid of anything that comes your way. And that a great way to end with that question that he asked? You don't have to be afraid of anything that comes your way with the question that Jesus asks. Let's pray. God, I am... Man, I, I've known this story for a long time. I really have, and I bet you a lot of us have too, but man, I'm amazed at how you just make it new to me, that you pointed those three things out to me, and it is so powerful what your word reveals. Thank you for these questions that Jesus asks us, and I pray that we could see the question of why are you so afraid, and we can have an answer, and we can look at, look at you right in the eye and say, I'm not, I am not. You are my anchor, I am secure in you. You are my hope, you are my foundation, and so I will not be afraid of what's going on. Right now, there are some of us in here, God, that I think we need that hope. I think we need an anchor for our soul. And, and so I'm just gonna ask really quick, just real quick, I think God might help you a little bit. If you're out there and you're like, man, I needed this message today. I have a storm in my life and this is what God is telling me to do. If you just, just acknowledge that God, just raise your hand and say, I need this, I need this. This is what I need. Just raise your hand high to God, not to me, just high to God. Say, God, I need your hope. I need your strength. Raise your hand high and just show God. I wanna pray over you, just show God, thank you. Just raise your hand, just say, God, this is me. I need your hope. You're the anchor for my soul.
I'm in a storm right now, God. I need you. God, right now, I pray for these men and women who are raising their hand because you have an answer for them. And I pray they see the answer of life and the answer of hope, the answer of strength and power and presence and promises that can come as a result of us believing and trusting in you and that we will not let this doubt your presence and we will let it point to your power. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, that concludes our service today. Uh, hope you come back. Don't forget to pick up the uh, season of Lent Guide. I'll be right down here to talk to anybody if you wanna talk real quick. And we'll see you next week for the next question that Jesus asks.